0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. I'm your host, Evan. And I'm your host, Zach. And after two beautiful weeks of having Cody on the podcast, I'm sorry to inform you that he is not here. He died. He's actually dead. He was on the starship <laughs> this morning that Elon launched, and oh God. Uh, he blew up. Uh, speaking of blowing up, Zach, we're going to talk about how to blow up a pipeline today.
1: We are. And this is important information. Actually,
0: that's that's true. And just get your notepads out. Um, yeah. Before that, though, what what do we got on deck?
1: We're talking uh, the latest. Ari Aster A24 release, uh Bo is Afraid. Um, probably the biggest release this weekend. Um,
0: I would think so, but you know, don't doubt Guy Ritchie's the Covenant.
1: <laughs> that's true. Very different audiences, but equally as dedicated, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, in
0: between there, we're gonna do a, another draft. Uh Cody maybe uh gone, rest in peace, but uh his spirit of gamesmanship is uh still with us and uh, we're gonna do a draft of a24 movies in honor of Bo is afraid
1: uh so with that zach are you ready let's dive right in
0: all right so like we said off the top we're gonna start off with Bo is afraid the third film in uh ari aster's filmography following up on hereditary and uh midsommar this one is less uh i guess objectively horror although it is, you know, disturbing in in portions, uh, but it is not as neatly defined in that genre as maybe his first two. Uh, It stars Joaquin Phoenix as a middle-aged or late middle-aged Jewish virgin, I think is the way this movie would present itself, uh, who is questing across a, a deranged world to go see his mother, uh, who he has a, a strained relation relationship with. Uh, I, I don't know what else to add to that, because th- there's the, so much to say, yeah, but that's, that's the basic about,
1: Yeah, that is about the basic plot description that you can, as accurate as you can get without giving anything away. So yeah. I think that's pretty good.
0: What did you think of this movie? Let's just get right into it.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's definitely interesting it's 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 a lot i'll give it that um Certainly i i lot. think i'm a little warmer on it than than probably you are i mean i'm an Ari Aster fan i really loved hereditary and and minsamar um and i was this one was on my uh highly anticipated list of the year for sure so i think um i walked away feeling slightly like puzzled i mean there's a there, this movie is is filled to the brim with like little idiosyncrasies and, and like clues and breadcrumbs and stuff. And, and it is like completely anxiety inducing and nightmarish. Um, But I'm not necessarily like averse to that kind of experience, especially as, and as presented in this, in this medium. So I think I had overall a good experience with it. Um, Probably one I'd like to revisit even while, even maybe while it's in theaters, uh, but I, I I liked it for the most part.
0: Yeah, so I have maybe a different mileage with uh, Ari Aster. I really liked Hereditary. I thought that movie was, as far as horror goes, like pretty excellent in its uh, both production, but also in its storytelling. Midsummer made my skin crawl, and I just felt so uncomfortable sitting in that seat for the entire two and a half, whatever it was, uh, runtime even though I think there's a lot to admire about that movie, I just was like, get me out of this theater right now the entire time I was watching it. And Bo is afraid, again, there is an admirable amount of production value there, but it just didn't really connect in the way that I think either of his previous films have. Um, It's not that same sort of like, You said anxiety inducing, but I feel like I was much more anxious watching his first two movies than this one. And it it is clearly about a man that is suffering from like a great deal of anxiety, but it didn't translate as much to me. It just someone described this. I think it might have been David Ehrlich described it as like Charlie Kaufman esque, like uh, a sort of trippy mindfuck kind of odyssey. And it didn't really feel to me like that That when I hear those words like a Charlie Kaufman-esque, let's go. You know, like I love uh, being John Malkovich. I'm thinking of ending things like these are great movies to me. And this movie really didn't feel like it connected in that way. It really felt like. I don't know, I'm trying to think how to how to put this. There is an element of horror movies that is just like let's throw as much disturbing shit against the wall and see what sticks and in the horror genre it seems like it really works because in in Midsommar for example there is like an opening sequence where like the elderly people are jumping off a cliff and it's brutal and it's gross and it's horrifying and there's the movie is just filled with little pieces like that that don't necessarily have to connect back although maybe that one does but the yeah I would say that
1: Especially in Midsommar, a lot of those choices are stuffed into a bear, like intentional.
0: You know, there's a lot of just like things that are really disturbing that happen in horror movies that don't necessarily have to connect back because the purpose of that movie is to be horrifying. And when you switch into a drama genre, I feel like this is a movie that is throwing a lot of disturbing stuff and freaky stuff and like just creatively off the wall like whatever madness came to Ari Aster's mind gets thrown on the screen in Bo is Afraid and some of it works and some of it is just like why are we doing this like what is this building towards and I feel like when the movie ends it feels like a lot of that time it's a three-hour movie a lot of that time was spent on stuff that didn't feed back in or connect back into the story that we were trying to to see like for me it just felt very disconnected and uh really even had a harder time keeping my interest than some of those more disturbing movies that he's made previously
1: I'll be honest I think that feels like a pretty surface level reading of both *Midsummer* and Bo's Afraid and the elements contained therein like Especially in midsummer a lot of those choices are very intentional, and maybe not, maybe not like spelled out. But the bear suit, for example, is like in in one of the sequences while they're preparing him to be sexually assaulted. Um, there's like depictions of what the symbolism of that of burning the the bear means in in mm-hmm. that room. I don't remember all of the
0: I've all seen of the allusions
1: to and stuff, but like like all of that all of that was like is an intentional element of, of production design or like, you know, the collaborative medium and what, what, whatever Ari Aster is trying to convey or just even world building. So I, I don't think in any of his movies, you can really say that any of this stuff is like random, almost like a, you know, a, a, a horror version of like Jackson Pollock or something, where it's just these, these abstract, you know, splashes of paint thrown across the wall and, and you're supposed to find meaning in it. I think that is possible in one interpretation, but, you know, a lot of this stuff feels pretty intentional and the sequences in Bo's Afraid in particular feel like pretty, maybe not always clear, but metaphorical uh, mm-hmm. manifestations of like particular anxieties and maybe of even just like the Jewish male experience or like someone who, ha- who, you know who had a childhood where they were raised by you know an uh, overbearing mother or something like that like there's a lot of stuff here that that can be analyzed and th- there's a lot of depth sure um that maybe to someone who is who's put off or or feels disengaged with with what they're watching which you know i'm not going to hold that against anyone some of this stuff is pretty hard to sit through or or seems you know nonsensical or just like violent or disturbing and if you know if that's the reaction you have to like fair play like I, I'm not gonna say that that's necessarily bad but I think that there's a there's a lot of deeper stuff going on here than just him trying to make you feel weird or uncomfortable with with acts of randomness
0: yeah I don't know I don't know that I maybe to clarify that it's entirely acts of randomness and that's not what I was maybe trying to get at. I think that you're right. Like with Midsommar, a lot of those things do go into world building um, is one of the, the phrases that you brought up. And I think that is true, right? Like, I think that there is a lot that gets into placing these characters, especially Florence Pugh um, and Jack Rayner's character into like this fish out of water sort of experience. And this isn't to talk about Midsommar a ton, but like the world building of this freaky stuff happening and like feeling unsettled that part of the world building builds back into a horror movie right like so you do those things to build this feeling of uneasiness around the uh the, the plotting and stuff like that and again i'm not trying to say that anything that is done in that movie is done uh without intention and i don't think that's the case here but i do think that there is this weird balance between just things that are, un- again, unsettling and awkward and uncomfortable and also things that advance the the themes and the, the-, the plot where we're-, where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do. And I think from the very beginning that um, Joaquin Phoenix's beau is feeling this immense shame and guilt from the very get-go and it's not entirely evident throughout the, the film like – what that thing he's feeling guilty for is, you know, his father died conceiving him. And maybe that's that original piece. Maybe it's something his mother instilled in him. As we get further into the movie, uh, Patty Lapone plays his mother and she is very overbearing and, and very much like controlling over the way he experiences his life. It just feels to me like all of this stuff is like the, uh, we're within the madness of his mind. But those connections, and maybe that's the point, the connections within his mind are obscure and odd and uh, and nonsensical and he's overthinking things or he's, you know, going to the worst possible outcome of every situation. When he steps outside his door, the total chaos of the street in this town or, or, or city that he lives is like unbearable and, and chaotic because that's the way he experiences the world but for me it just it didn't feel like it connected back to any sort of real character development it didn't feel like it connected back to any sort of real thematic telling other than like this guy is extremely anxious and let's see what happens like it really didn't feel like it it expanded into his regrets and his fears and into these things and explored those in a more interesting way he seems very passive throughout the whole thing
1: i yeah i think that that's fair it's a lot of this movie and it's uh not necessarily like i guess you would call it character development is is almost entirely subtext and there's a couple of lines that are like explicit text in which uh, i'm thinking of you know towards the end when he's having this confrontation with his mother and she's like oh you think that you know being so afraid of everything and uh, afraid to like make a decision makes you innocent but it doesn't like that that reminds me of like earlier in the film uh where you know when when he is in this kind of um i don't know like like impoverished area where people are living with with nothing and telling
0: like and- yeah like uh, assault weapons on the street like, yeah
1: and yeah. there's a lot of people with clear you know for uh like mental disorders and, and sure. things like that and um on you know not getting any sort of treatment uh and like it's so it's so strange to think too like like a lot of the relationships too even even like why is he if, if you take if you take the situation literally in that his mother's like this business mogul billionaire why is he living in such an area like that if not to just like get completely away from her? Like he, you know, he, he absolutely, his family has the means to, that he could live anywhere. Sure. And like, he's in that area. And is it, is it entirely in his mind? Like you're suggesting that like, that's how just he views the world is everything is out to get him and, and, and chaotic. And there's, a, a, there's every reason to be afraid of, of having to do anything <laughs> like as simple as <laughs> going across the street to get a bottle of water right yeah or is it is it literal in which this this relationship that he's had with his mother um has like forced him to go into these you know decrepit living conditions and that's a better alternative than than having everything that you ever needed but having to live with your parent Uh, so yeah i I mean definitely a lot of the stuff is like implied in the way that the the film the pacing of it like it it's it's like a really really slow unraveling right like across the course of this and and some of this stuff is like easily missable or or not you know there's it's not lampshaded in any way that it's just it can seem unaddressed i feel like right
0: yeah but i mean uh, so getting onto something more positive i guess because i i mean this is, again, this is the third Ari Aster movie that I can appreciate the production of, but it really left me cold in a way that, like, no other director that I can think of at, at right now has made such, I think, impressive films, but also such off-putting films for me personally. Like, very much not my my thing. Um,
1: <laughs> okay. I feel like you're feeling about Adam McKay, so...
0: Well, okay. Well, Adam McKay <laughs> makes shit movies that also put me off. So that's a totally different thing. <laughs> Anybody that thinks The Big Short is uh, is actually good is wrong. It
1: is. It's actually good.
0: Um, yeah. Go watch Vice again and and see if his uh, okay. Vice his storytelling is Really, is is
1: impressive. Vice is different. I don't need to hear Dick Cheney recite Shakespeare. But and you don't need to hear. This, I'm happy like, the banks hear... were
0: bad for for letting. 2008 <laughs> happened we all know that like that is something that's you We be, all
1: know you'd be surprised to know to that how many people don't know that actually well, but... how many
0: people don't know that dick cheney is bad so
1: yeah that's that's also yeah
0: anyway um this is a movie that i think does have some very impressive visual flourishes again i think the actualization of this hellscape city is i mean it's like a right-wing fox news fever dream vision of like a big city but also yeah. like it is well actualized um i really wasn't too fond of like the amy ryan uh nathan lane sequence that i felt like went on way too long
1: i think um, uh, if i sorry not to not to ahead, cut you ahead. off but i think we've been kind of talking around what actually happens in the movie and sort of like not necessarily not not by necessity but um there's a lot that happens first of all but the, you know it would be impossible to describe every every scene and like it every really sequence. it really is an odyssey yeah like, it truly is yeah. yeah i mean this is a three-hour film a very, very long runtime but it is sort of split up into chapters in the first chapter we have Bo like in his daily life um it opens with him visiting his therapist and you see what his... technically it opens with him being born true that's right yes <laughs> it does open with him being born But then we see him, you know, in current, current age and he's in in a, in a therapy session with his therapist and he's prescribed a new drug and then he goes home and you see the conditions that he lives in and like how sort of terrifying uh, a situation he's in, you know, in his daily life and what it's like. Um, And then that sort of culminates in like so many of the worst possible things that could happen sort of cascading, uh, which leads him to be, hit by a vehicle um in the street and then taken in by by Amy Ryan and, and Nathan Lane who try uh, to
0: basically infantilize him and make him their adult son yeah or like a, sur- a surrogate son, who son who yeah to yeah you
1: know, to replace their son who died in I think Iraq um and and he is, feels like it's almost like a misery situation where he is at their whim and sort of has no means to get where he needs to go to, which, uh, which is home to see his mother. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, they like and, refuse to take him.
1: Yeah. And it's always, something always comes up when it's time to leave. And, uh, yeah. So that there's some unsettling stuff that happens there. Yeah. But, but he eventually he, escapes into the
0: woods and yeah. lives through essentially like, a midsummer nights, dream esque, like fantasy, experience in the woods like play um, within a movie yeah and it's which is again where i was getting to very Mm. inventive visually and fun and creative and the kind of thing that i think i wish existed more in the landscape of like big budget movies I, i don't know if you'd call this big budget but a24 did shell out a lot of money for this movie and i think that he used it to make like this really like high production play in the middle of his movie is fascinating and, and really engaging. I think the best part of the movie by far is that, is that middle sequence.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it definitely is a nice break from everything else. uh, But also does feel a little like out of place. In, in, I think. Um, yeah.
0: Definitely tonally different than the rest yeah. of the film.
1: And then finally, as after he escapes that situation, um, he gets home and then uh, has a sort of a, a final confrontation with, with his mother. Um, and then, you know, spoiling the ending, which I suppose that is also in itself a spoiler a little bit. Maybe
0: not a great time to spoil it since we're recording this before the movie is widely released
1: yeah i mean it's just i think the ending is also really interesting though in in like as as if you if you read the film as like like and i said this to you as we were as we were walking out almost like so and you brought up charlie kaufman earlier as as sort of spiritually in the same vein as as i'm thinking of any things as as someone like reflecting on their life um i think that's such an interesting way to end the film uh yeah, I guess I. I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe we'll talk about it another I time. I mean, yeah, or something. I,
0: there. I guess there's a way to read this film as the like scattered thoughts or anxieties of a man who is on his deathbed. You know, like or even just out his dead, guilt.
1: honestly, even or just
0: who's dead? Sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, that's like there. There are a lot of uh, what's the word like? You know, Odyssey like stories whatever the word is for that that means odyssey like but there's a lot of odyssey like stories that can be interpreted as someone who's like this is their journey into traversing that. their life yeah yeah, yeah exactly. like this is their this is their river sticks and they're going you know through all these significant events in their life and reliving you know these moments Resolving. Or, yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: and i think that's fair and, I, and one of the things that i think i brought up in response there is that I'm thinking of ending things. Charlie Coffin's movie more succinctly places blame and guilt onto its protagonist. Like the perspective and the intention of that movie is so much more clear. And I'm not, I'm not one to say that like a movie has to be clear to be good or anything, but this movie does seem to ramble through some things without ever really getting into the reasons like the full reasons why uh, again Bo had a had a difficult mother is sort of like <laughs> the idea that that yeah. undergirds this entire he's film. got mommy
1: issues for sure. He's it's got mommy very, He's very edible. He's got
0: sex issues because of those mommy issues. Like yeah, yeah, he's got like edible. all of these neuroses as a result that spring out of this, but none of those things are explored explicitly. And I would even argue that implicitly they are underexplored in yeah, the are of even odyssey
1: it's 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 kind of the opposite right they're not even explored they're like revealed and then they're right. used as a way to sort of uh th- this movie is cyclical in the sense that it it puts Bo in the situation that's already like terse or bound to go awful mm-hmm. puts him in that situation makes him uncomfortable And then he's Mm -hmm. desperately trying to correct the situation. And then it it makes it so much worse, like just (laughs) absolutely the worst thing that could happen. And then he's horrified and has to has to then escape and extricate himself from that situation. And then it starts all over again,
0: which as like an abstract is a great thing for like a social anxiety film. But at the same time, like it is. I don't know, at points, I don't want to say indecipherable, but like very coded in a way that is just difficult to to break into. And I think whereas like I do think that something like I'm thinking of ending things since we brought it up a couple times is not the most accessible film. Like that is something that is difficult and odd as well. But I think that by the time you finish that movie, it is very clear what the intention is. And the purpose of that film is, is working towards. And I think Bo is afraid maybe leaves it more open to interpretation, which usually is something that I appreciate. But in this particular case, like I do wish there was more resolution. I do wish there was more like actual exploration of this character instead of just, again, like you said, placing someone that we know is just very anxious into very anxiety inducing situations. And then like, seeing him squirm under that and then and again like i do think that there are some things that push it into even more unsettling territory that don't really advance the plot i'm thinking of a scene in an attic um like that is
1: classic scene
0: at the same time too on the nose and entirely unnecessary like it's just Bizarre. I don't know. This movie is something again. I I would say the same thing of Midsommar, but to a lesser degree. That this is a movie that is trying to tell you very clearly what's on its mind, but also like not really succeeding beyond the visual aspect of it. For me personally,
1: yeah. So I think like Bo's in Hell, right? <laughs> like this is just he's literally. He's dead and he's in hell. This is <laughs> this is a unique concoction of, of the Dark Lord uh, for our friend Bo here. Um and I think there's a couple things like that that sort of like point to that. Like he it really is this sort of cyclical, you know uh nightmare in which he is placed in that situation. And the same exact thing, even though each scenario is different, um the way that they resolve themselves are like very uh, very like linear. Sure. Um, and then of course there's like a, a near literal recitation of his sins at, at one point, which I think is like, again, so interesting that it, it, it's uh it reminds me of a, of another movie um, based on a, based on a Philip K. Dick novel in which that happens to a character as well. Like he literally overdoses on drugs yeah. and then, Philip
0: he gets like the sci-fi writer right
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, he overdoses on drugs but then he his he has a hallucination as he's like dying that someone like an and uh, like a almost like an attorney from hell has come and has this long <laughs> scroll of all the bad things oh, he's ever done in his me. life and is like reading them to him um but, but i mean so, that
0: is someone with like severe anxiety might imagine their death that way too yeah so, like, yeah
1: that exactly does make some sense. yeah i think I think that's uh, one of the most interesting lenses to look at this movie through. And I totally, I, I totally understand someone who's, you know, like not as warm on it as I, as, as I am or other fans of of this movie are going to be it's Ari Aster is, is nothing if not divisive as, as a filmmaker, even just in three, within three films, like all of them have had elements that are just,
0: how would you rank his films?
1: Probably one, two, three, straight up. Like I think Hereditary is the best. Midsummer is is pretty good, and then um, Bo's Afraid. Well, not bad. Is I think so. Such a departure from his from the other two that that I don't think reaches quite the same heights. Um, Because maybe and maybe that's that's because it's not a genre film like the other two are.
0: Again, I think that he excels in genre because he is so good at creating that visual element of things and it, it is more impactful in a film like Midsommar or hereditary i agree i would go same thing one two three hereditary i think is for me the only film that like the message he's trying to get across is undergirded by the horror elements and like suspense and visuals in a way that like didn't totally put me off um Midsommar, again like was a movie I dreaded watching I will never watch again but I appreciate what was going on and Bo is Afraid is the first one that I would say that that balance between what he's doing genre wise visually um doesn't make up for you know the plotting and, and what's going on there so this is the first movie that I think the balance is off
1: Yeah. And I think that, uh, this one is, is basically a pretty similar, explores similar themes as, as hereditary at least, and is a lot less, a lot less concise and, you know, is incoherent intentionally, but, uh, yeah, just doesn't, I don't think it reaches the same heights for that, for that fact. Right. Because it is less structural and, uh, a, a lot more abstract, um, especially with its, its characters and sort of their lack of, of development in, in a sense. Um, but yeah, Classic you want to go ahead and that.
0: I'm glad is making movies, but not for me. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Anything Ari Aster puts out, I would, I would happily they be think. first in line for.
0: I'll see, I'll see it first day out. Next thing he makes, hopefully he still does. Cause this movie is going to lose a 24 so much money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't Yeah. I guess, I guess his last two had to have been profitable, right? Like, I'm they sure were they such were.
0: micro budget things, right?
1: Yeah, there's that there's no way that they didn't make the money back, especially because I think Hereditary was such a like a word of mouth hit. And then yeah. um Mitsumar is like, oh, it's a follow-up from the guy who who made hereditary. But and also remember- it doesn't
0: seem expensive. It's Florence Pugh before she really took off, and uh like Jack Raynor is the next biggest name in that. And he was in what, Will Six Poulter? <laughs> yeah, like Will Poulter, even before like he's bigger now than he was then too so yeah like, this is this is a different level like joaquin phoenix is a different yeah. level of star power to to lead a movie and on top of that just like look at this movie it is so much more expensive than yeah. anything this i mean this
1: might get this might get a production design nod i mean we're just I, I ex- mean, we're just exiting award season but like this movie is is massive, is a massive, massive project. And there's so much here that, uh, like, there's a lot of little attention to details. And, like, I was I, saying, like, breadcrumbs of little things here and there. Like, I think the production just, and design of this movie is,
0: monster alone,
1: is pretty Im- impeccable. I mean, that's a, that is a, uh, biblically accurate angel and Bo is a Christ figure in, in this movie.
0: (laughs) Sure. Why not? (laughs) I, I have nothing else to add to that.
1: I mean, his father is never present except as an, as as a vision of an angel. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you take it literally, if you take it literally.
0: The father, the son, and the holy penis. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. What else do you want to throw out there? Uh, keeping in mind that this is a movie that is releasing probably the day before this podcast will hit your feeds, meaning my terrible joke about Cody probably will be, you know, old news by then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, is there anything else you want to throw out there about "Bo is Afraid"?
1: No, I don't. I don't know that I have much else to add. What do you think of it?
0: Joaquin Phoenix?
1: Then, I mean, oh yeah, I guess we didn't really. We there's so much we haven't talked about. I mean, but, the
0: performances
1: are performances, right? Like I think Joaquin
0: Phoenix is far and away the lead of this movie, but I mean, you can talk about Amy or uh, yeah, Amy Ryan, uh, Nathan Lane, Patty Lapone. Uh, Nathan Lane's
1: great. Patty Lapone is, is by far a standout. I think she's. I agree. Really good, and, and Joaquin really Phoenix is great is too. In the third act. Yeah, but I mean, she does so much she with does. that that True. performance, and really, you know adds a Pepper lot of cosy yeah even her small role too Uh but Patty LePone, like her performance adds a lot of context and then I don't know I can't remember the name of the actress who plays the young version of his mother but she's also really good in the in like the flashbacks and the memories mm-hmm. that he has like I thought that 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 performance was really interesting as well that I, I feel like this is such a strange movie to, to like evaluate that kind of stuff. But all everyone was everyone who everyone played their role really well. I felt yeah. like, and I also didn't realize this, but the guy, um, there is a character in this film who was a, uh, member of the same platoon as Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan's dead son, who clearly has PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that is played by the same guy who is the Frenchman in the opening of *Inglorious Bastards*. Oh
0: God, it's the been same seen guy. A long time.
1: That's so. the same guy. Yeah. Um. That's I don't. I mean, that's just a fun fact, but yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is very good at embodying like this, like indecisive, unable to like. Advance
1: because of his anxiety character. Yeah, like, it's like an existential level of of anxiety.
0: Like, I don't think the character gives him much room to really like dig into it. But you know, the way he squirms and like is unsettled by just the slightest things around him is impressive. I I mean, I'm not expecting this to like garner him an Oscar nomination kind of thing. But like, I do think it, it is a is a good. Performance
1: no, that's going to and... be a Joker too, right?
0: good god man
1: but um that's a conversation for another podcast one i guess one one final thing i would like to say is that this movie despite everything you know that we, as we've talked about it uh and how uh off-putting it can be and some of the content is disturbing it's also really fucking funny like yeah there's
0: a lot of funny moments
1: there are a lot sure. especially in the first act the first act is is pretty hilarious um and even in some of the most dramatic and even more disturbing moments there's still a lot of like comedic timing here and there's a
0: a point early on like when he's in his first therapy session when he is like asking if he can get stomach cancer from swallowing mouthwash that might
1: be like his first line in the one time
0: it's very funny like it is having gone into this knowing this movie was about anxiety uh, like that first thing i was like wow that's awesome that is that is accurate
1: (laughs) yeah i think that one that was one of my favorite uh jokes along with um the the uh the cop who's like i don't want to shoot you but there's clearly no threat whatsoever and he's like don't make me do this don't make me do this and he's he's just there with his hands up and they're both like crying oh man that was great along with the uh, the the um the lurking thread of like the the brown recluse. I loved all of that. Uh,
0: yes, there there is some like fantasy element that is funny to it, but uh, again, I just don't think it's explored or consistent enough throughout the whole thing. Um, why why don't we round it up? We'll do the yeah. letterbox roundup without the theme song. Go ahead, Zach.
1: Three and a half.
0: Three and a half. I went two and a half. My lowest rated Ari Aster film. Um, sorry, sorry Ari Aster. I'm never going to see it again.
1: I think that's that's totally fair. We're not we're not hold that against you. what 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 what
0: With you. That's the problem with you. With you! With you. No! No! Alright, so Game Master or No, we are still playing a game. Uh we're gonna do a draft of A24 movies. Cody's not here, so we're going back to five movies as it should be.
1: Um I think yeah, I think we should do five and one honorable mention.
0: Okay, but we should only uh do the vote based on
1: Yes, you know, yeah. Our five mm. movies.
0: Uh so let's do our five movies first. You get to you get to pick first.
1: Yeah, I did I did win the coin toss off air in That's a historic moment. I
0: want to just point out that I flipped the coin and told him that he
1: won. So are you implying that you deceived me? I
0: could have. Who knows? But you get <laughs> to pick first either way.
1: <laughs> I. so I don't think that you would do that because then you know that your precious ladybird is vulnerable so <laughs> and if i wanted to i could pick ladybird right now
0: that's the fear that's the fear yeah
1: so that's how i know you didn't that's how i know you didn't mess with the coin toss because uh <laughs> otherwise say goodbye to your precious lady bird um no I, i'm gonna go basic on my first pick i think i'll just take everything everywhere all at once
0: that's a that's a very solid pick. Um, you know, as much as I really want to pick um th- the classic never going back. You ever heard of this movie, Zach? <laughs> no. Terrible. Um, uh Ladybird. I gotta pick Ladybird. Come on. Of course. Like, who of would course I be if I pick didn't Lady pick Bird. Lady Bird? Thank you for leaving it for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I would never um never betray you like that. Uh and so actually this this second pick that I'm about to go into would have been my number 1 if I didn't know that it was safe going into letting you have your first pick <laughs> and that's of course after sun.
0: Oh wow, okay. I mean, I was thinking that you were going to pick what I'm going to pick right now, which is Moonlight. Like got to go Moonlight.
1: Moonlight is great, absolutely. I mean, it's it's re- it's really a fucking fantastic movie. An incredible but, uh, film. Yeah, but no. After sun is just so near. After to my sun heart. is is really incredible. That's for sure.
0: All yeah. right, you're you're up again. I I've got Lady Bird and moon, uh, Moonlight now.
1: Okay, this one this one is uh, I'm gonna <laughs> okay. I, I'm gonna go uncut gems. Okay,
0: I I understand. I get it. <laughs> Not my favorite movie, but you know. As much as I want to pick, lean on Pete here. Uh, not a good movie either. There's A24 has this reputation, but there's you you go through their uh, their filmography and there's a lot of things that you're like, hmm, really? Um, man, this is tough. Uh, okay, here's here's a good one. Ex Machina.
1: What a uh, film! Son of a bitch!
0: Incredible film.
1: I thought that you would you would leave that one on the on the on the draft floor. Um, that's one of my favorites so good uh, yeah i have the i have the screenplay book for that one um i think next i am gonna go see it's it's so strange because i feel like you know the point of this game is to is to build the most popular and like accessible list but there's (laughs) so
0: 24 is not accessible
1: i mean in film circles right it's it's kind of this like double-edged sword in the in like Sure. I don't know. It's cool to like A24, and it's also really uncool if all you like is A24, I feel like. I agree. Um but uh in I think in the spirit of of, of A24, I, I'm gonna pick the lighthouse.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I I knew it was coming. All right, so what what do I have so far? I have uh you Lady have
1: Ladybird, Bird, Moonlight, uh, X Machina. X Machina, yeah.
0: So I know what I want my last pick to be because I don't think it's something that you're gonna pick, but I have to, like, there's a lot of really good things. Like, I'm thinking about The Farewell. (laughs) (laughs) The Farewell is a good movie. Um, The Florida Project is another one. But you know what I I think I'm going to go with is a ghost story. Like, I think Uh, that is such a slight but also moving film. Like, it it is.
1: It's good, yeah.
0: It's incredible. And, like, do this three more times and I'd pick five different movies probably. But, like, it's so good.
1: All right. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go, I think, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the other David Lowry, 24, and that's The Green Knight.
0: This is a very on-brand list for you.
1: I I'm know, yeah, say. absolutely. I don't, I don't care about anybody else. This is my there's list.
0: So many good movies on this list. Yeah. Oh my God. Um. Okay, but the one that, oh my God, I like, there's so many I want to pick. I'm going to go off the board a little bit here, and I'm going to pick Boys State. And the reason Ooh. is that I I don't think that there has been in the last, you know, five, ten years a more insightful documentary about our political state than this movie about Texas teenage boys trying to form their own government and like the lessons they learn and like the the habits they fall into that reveal so much about the way that we organize into groups. Like this is a movie that uh has left a big impact on me i i really think it's an incredible film
1: yeah i think and that's probably one of the more underseen ones like it's an apple t v uh plus like release mm-hmm. um and yeah like definitely i think one one of the one of the best uh political documentaries in 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 the last couple of years so good and, and it it definitely holds up on rewatch too it's just such a good microcosm of American the American political landscape which is yep. absolutely grim all right there are so many movies I would love to pick this is my last slot uh and so I think I'm just going to go for this movie that we have talked about several times on this I podcast want, I wanted it to be my, uh, <laughs> my and uh, I, you're a fool for thinking that I would leave honorable this mention but uh no uh of course after Yang oh, I was thinking about that so one too. good
0: it's such an incredible film. Um, but, you know, there is always, you know, with A24, more to examine. Yeah. And I'm actually going to go with Minari. I knew it. I knew mention. you were going
1: to say that. Like, that was
0: another one I was considering. Like, there's so many good films on this filmography. What can you do?
1: Yeah. Are, they're, honorable they're mention. Honorable mention. Okay, so you got Minari um man there's there's quite a few that i i would pick here i think i have to go hereditary okay um because i that's another one that's like way to tie it in that's close to me right there yeah but honestly there's like three movies i'm like split between here like
0: what else on here would you have picked like i i mean the farewell is incredible the Mm -hmm. last black man in san francisco is another movie that i think about a lot um eighth grade is yeah, a movie that, we didn't that was my that's... that was my
1: other one. Is eighth grade so good?
0: Yeah, Eight, it just...
1: eighth grade like good time. Even is you know the other the other safty Brothers movie so fun.
0: And such a such a
1: even something like okay. okay. So hear me out. This movie's not incredible, but I really enjoyed it when I watched it in theaters. And it's bodies, bodies, bodies. Fair because it's like I don't know. It brings that like locked in mystery, you know. Uh, killer thriller, like to the modern generation, and it, it does it in like a fun, uh, uh, unserious, you know, way. Yep. And I'm I'm a huge fan of Rachel Sennett uh, I'm I shocked she's... you didn't pick The Witch. The Witch is good too. Though I mean, I'm a I'm a Robert Eggers fan. I uh, it's it's definitely like it on my radar, but yeah, just outside this list, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean. So many good movies that have been put out by A24. And I mean, I know that's like lame to say, but you know, a lot of these movies are shit too. Like things that are just like kind of the garbage that gets put out as well. Yeah. But so many like of the best movies of the last maybe five years or whatever have been put out by A24. So, you know, respect to that. The Farewell. What a film.
1: Is that your honorable mention?
0: No, my honorable mention was Minari. Remember?
1: Oh, wait. Are you sure? Because I feel like you didn't pick five before that.
0: Oh, was Minari my fifth pick? I, yeah, yeah. So I went um, Ladybird. Let's go back through it. Ladybird, Moonlight.
1: Or oh, Wait, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I, lost I, I track. don't know.
0: <laughs> Doesn't Shit. matter. Whatever. We'll go back through the audio. Um, maybe it was my fifth pick doesn't matter men no one picked men all right that's fair all right zach so we're gonna close things out on this you know we haven't set it up to this point but a, a episode that very much is not suited towards cody You know, films that he probably would have a distaste for. Um, And that is capitalized, highlighted by uh, our final film today, which is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Um, The name kind of says it all, but do you want to describe what this movie is about?
1: Yeah, this movie is about a um, group of environmental activists who are sort of united by this common cause for various reasons to destroy an oil pipeline in Texas Mm -hmm. um, through violent means. And, of course, it's in the title, like you said, how to blow up a pipeline. So they are using explosives. Um, And it's the story of how they come together, their different backgrounds, and then the actual uh, uh, sabotage of this industrial equipment.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that describes it, I mean, pretty succinctly. Uh, again, like I said, the title describes it. It's It's a group of people trying to blow up a pipeline. And it opens on this group, like, coming together in Texas to build the bombs, to produce all the materials, to blow up this pipeline. And you're just kind of dropped right in the middle of it. I think a very funny thing is that the screening that Anna and I went to somebody in the audience left even before the title came up like first five minutes of the movie. this just like intense drive out to Texas. They were just like, Nope, this movie is not for me. Um, But yeah, it is very intense, very high stakes. uh, Engaging right off the hop. Uh, And then as it gets going, right, like there's not a lot that happens between the time that they arrive in Texas and the time that they blow up this pipeline. This is probably like a two at most three. I guess it's just a two day. Excursion that they go out to do this, Um, but intercut between the sequences of them preparing um, and actually doing this thing are the backstories of all the activists that are there, why they're there, what has brought them to this point. There's some tension between whether all these group members are on the same page about things. Um, It is very structurally tight. And I I think that for a movie like this, that is trying to make a point that is trying to make that like, you know, ecological terrorism is actually good, uh, has to be, you know, very succinct and very like, narratively tight I don't know what what did you think about this Zach
1: I loved it I love this movie I think it's great um what's your opinion
0: of eco-terrorism
1: it's morally correct <laughs> that's what I thought <laughs> um I I think that you know there is a valid perspective in which you think of uh corporations and states um claiming land for Uh, commercial use, even if it's destructive to the land and to the, you know, the people that have settled on it. Um, Mm -hmm. There there are, there are a lot of different conversations that happen in this movie that, that, that explore these topics. They do. They they don't shy away um, from like the criticism of what they're doing. Yeah. Not only that, but also like the justifications for it in which, you know, one of the, one of the most timeless adages we have is the notion of self-defense and you know the 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 spirit of the american revolution in which if if you take that and apply it to wow
0: taking it all the way back to the american revolution the
1: violent the violence that is being (laughs) perpetrated against these people uh it's you can absolutely characterize this as as self-defense i mean and that's gonna that ruffles a lot of feathers for sure this is a Uh you know, I I think all art is inherently inherently political, but this is wearing its politics on its sleeve. Yeah. Um, and it's very in your face. You're lucky
0: Cody's not here.
1: Oh, I would fight me, Cody. Where are you? He's Uh, dead.
0: Remember, he blew up in a spaceship (laughs) launch. Yeah.
1: also terrible for the environment absolutely yeah, Elon, Atrocious. Man, what are you doing yeah. but uh uh no yeah uh eco eco terrorism morally good Two yeah that, up.
0: i i think i lean more that direction than i than i don't um i do think that they address some of the like counterpoints you know like not the counterpoints that like oh the oil company's gonna like lose money but the point of like you know a lot of people that rely on fossil fuels just to power their homes and are that are gonna have to pay a lot more money and all that thing and i think that's all addressed but again i i'm glad that this kind of like this kind of movie probably could not have been released in theaters even 15 years ago 10 years ago maybe like and and it's wild to see it in theaters now and yeah I Again, think... I think it's awesome like I think it gets really into all of the different reasons why someone might be inclined to do something like this um, there are characters whose parents died in uh, you know like awful weather conditions uh, that have been forced by climate change there are characters who uh, literally cancer from living in the um, like the shadow of a refinery there are I don't know there's characters who are worried about contamination of their drinking water by these pipelines coming through their own communities there are characters who go on Twitter and see a bunch of climate memes (laughs) and become (laughs) radicalized which I thought was <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. But, uh, okay. This i mean like,
1: I'm ready to blow up a pipeline because I
0: saw some memes on Twitter. No, that's you know, not so true. That is, a, beautiful. that is a that is a completely
1: <laughs> dis that is a completely disingenuous reading of of
0: come on of
1: Sean as a character. He was,
0: he was interested in climate solutions, but then he went on Twitter and saw how fast the climate No, industry. no, no, He's no. Like, you're I gotta blow up a pipeline. No,
1: your out a- your average Twitter user is interested in climate solutions or whatever right like he he was already involved in direct action number one in his at his school number two no not i mean direct action like well okay sure indirect action i mean debatable but
0: i i don't don't know that it is i think that like you know he was involved solutions are pretty indirect
1: he was involved in in activism and and organizing around this issue. And he was
0: a boom guy for a film production. No,
1: he only joined that film production to meet <laughs> other people who were affected by by the pipeline in Texas as yeah. as scouting uh-huh. for their ecological terrorism mission. So, do not disparage my boy Let's Sean. Just say the
0: guy he met, Dwayne, you know, seems like a redneck dude, but he was he was a cool dude. That guy rocked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cody can identify with that guy
0: see this movie is for everyone cody (laughs) your spirit's still out there
1: but but okay back to your original point he was involved in in organizing and activism and he was inspired by sochi who of course is her mother is the one who died in a in a record heat wave in in los angeles um and she's the one who sort of recruited him and they're the original two in the group that that started this this uh idea this this plot you know quote unquote to to destroy the pipeline and then they meet these various recruits throughout um which i think i i really enjoyed the way this film was structured i think it's really cool to just drop you in into they're they're there on you know they're they're well past the planning phase. They're in they're in the action phase. They're they're getting right, ready. Right, because preparing. that's the most
0: inst- interesting part of things. Is like let's just do this. Yeah, and it just drops you right into the tension. There's no like should we do all the should we do this happens after you already know that they've decided that we should, and I think that's like actually pretty brilliant.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think that the the way that this story is structured, it gives you. Something to bite onto right away and to like buy into, and like you're invested, like, okay, uh, they're either going to succeed or they're going to blow themselves up or something's going to go terribly wrong. Um, and then, yeah, then you get the backstory of all these different characters, and yeah, they, they're all it's, it's this movie borrows a lot from the tropes of like your typical heist movie, like something like your Ocean's yeah. Eleven, you know, where every character has a skill like you've got the Yeah. Yeah. Has, has a skill or a role in this, in this job that they're undertaking. And uh, the movie's better for it, even though it does develop these characters a little bit and not, not in the sense that they like grow as characters, but you understand their motivations and why they're involved. And that's all you need for this to work and for you to, to to care and be like, okay, Oh shit. Are are they going to, is this going to work or not? Um, And I think it, I think it comes as in in like such a crucial time in which the conversations around what this movie is exploring are more important than ever. Page, for sure, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. We're in. We're already in the crisis, and like, absolutely. This is something that could possibly, you know, I mean, we. Could, this is an extremely, extremely limited release, but even just in the theaters that it is showing could at least incite conversation and and certainly online uh discourse tm <laughs> for
0: sure <laughs> as long as twitter isn't destroyed by then you know we've got to create climate activists somehow um but yeah like this movie is intense it's smart like in the way that it goes about it like i think there is always that discrediting factor of people who take climate seriously. Like you look at when the green new deal was like announced, right. Ed Markey and AOC and all that stuff. It was all discredited as this is nonsense. This is bullshit. Like this is like crazy. But I think when you look at a movie like this, it's taking these people who have experienced real trauma from the climate crisis, already giving it a a level of validation just from that. But then it takes it and says like, these people are willing to put their life on the line. Like it is clearly shown in multiple instances how like they are literally risking everything, right? Like they could die at any given moment in this, like in this excursion, in this um, like attempt to blow up this pipeline, right? Like there are multiple ways that any of them could have, could have been grievously injured. And Showing like not only that, but also that they've thought about the other side of things. Like they've thought about the increased uh cost for consumers of fossil fuels. They've thought about um like the own the consequences that are gonna be faced by them. And I-, I do think this movie is very specific about not only saying that what they're doing is morally right, but also saying that like any of the arguments like it it, it very tediously picks apart. Tedious is the wrong word because it's not boring to watch it, but it like systematically tears apart any counter argument to the idea that what they're doing is actually terrorism or actually like wrong in any significant degree. I I don't know what you thought about all that.
1: I do. I do think it gives, um, like uh space i guess it, it you know there, there is a, a modicum of of time devoted to counter arguments but i think there's i don't remember the exact dialogue but essentially what happens the catalyst for this movie um you know not where it drops you in but as you as the backstory sort of unfolds mm-hmm. you realize what has happened is that sochi the main character uh is
0: Who's, who is native de- descent, like
1: yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a student at uh, the University of Chicago, I want to say, but originally from Los Angeles. Um her mother Beach, dies. Yeah, long I, I mean that, that's LA that, County, yeah.
0: LBC. No, Long Beach County. Come on.
1: Oh, duh, but you're right. Um, um, yeah,
0: where where we saw this movie, me and me and Anna at least.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh so So, yeah, she's, she's, uh, you know, away at school in, in Chicago. Um, And again, there's a record heat wave in, in Long Beach uh, where her mother uh, dies, you know, at home um, due to, due to the heat wave. She goes home for a funeral and is like, becomes completely disillusioned with any other form of climate activism than, you know, direct action in the sense, and and not only direct action, but sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sabotage, and yeah, she wants to basically take revenge against the the oil companies, um, and that and that's the catalyst. That's the, that's the catalyst for this film. And she has a debate with the organizer of the group she's already involved in, in which their goal is to like uh, pass out pamphlets Raise and like awareness. generate discussion. Yeah. yeah, um, and she has a debate at, at the table where she was involved. She was supposed to be uh working on the project and and doing a specific portion of it which of course because of the death of her mother she didn't she didn't which finish
0: also ridiculously they're like well, how did you not do this when she was at her mother's <laughs> yeah
1: i mean yes and there's a reason why that's played by like a, a cis white male um yeah, absolutely. you know the one questioning her on that but uh so yeah that's what happens they they have this sort of debate about you know like a um you know uh, uh passive non-violent action versus you know violent um sabotage sure. and then that's how you know Marcus or I'm sorry Marcus is the name of the actual actor but Sean the character becomes involved um and so yeah Twitter. that conversation in which like the the way that the problem is framed is we are literally in a house that's on fire and the goal of, you know, pacifists is to discuss like how we should put out the fire while we're still inside the house, and these people who would rather have propulsive, direct action are like, we need to get out of the house first before yes. we can have these sort of civil conversations. And I think, I think I know that, there's the, an the element best. of truth to that.
0: I don't know. I I don't know if that's the best analogy because I think the argument is that we should blow up the house. Because it shows that like things are broken. you know, like, I don't think it's we need to get out of the house before we have that conversation. And I, I get where you're coming from, right? Like I mean, that, in a, in
1: a way, it is, yeah, but we we
0: have to get out of the conversation that we're having about like how do we electrify in the next thirty years kind of thing. Like,, of course, right? Like we we're talking in time scales. Uh- are I not don't necessarily,
1: I, I'm not necessarily saying like that, that the problem is that the house is on fire. Cause I mean, there, there's also like that, that can be read as like a parallel to what climate change actually is the warming of our planet, et cetera. But mm-hmm. what I'm actually trying to say is like, there's an emergency, a life-threatening emergency and you are arguing semantics when the priority should be getting, getting to safety, right? Like, the number one thing we should be prioritizing is getting out of the house fire because then we'll get to live, as opposed to arguing the semantics of like, what's the best way to get out of the house fire?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um again, I think it's like the house is on fire, and where can we get the fire extinguisher? Like, what is the the tool we can do to actually put out the fire, as opposed to like what can we do to keep the fire from spreading to the next room? Whereas it's like, um, or what can we do to keep the fire from like consuming the entire house? But I, I get where you're coming from. Like, I, I just think that the, the eco terrorism route, um, which again, terrorism right in the name. And this movie is, I think trying to, I I don't know.
1: Yeah, the American revolutionaries were terrorists too, right?
0: That's what they said, right? The Boston that's Tea Party. Little, that's a literally
1: conversation, that's yeah. A, that's
0: a part in the movie for sure. Um, and, and I think I like broadly agree that we do have to do something more extreme, that we have to like address the root problem rather than just like reacting to the symptoms of the problem. Um, but again, that's getting away from just this movie is explicitly saying we have to make
1: God bleed.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, This movie is explicitly saying those things though. Like this movie is saying that we do need to like actually take action, make the perpetrators of this hurt. And I think that's noble. Like, I, I think that we have to like view this movie, not just as like a piece of entertainment, Again, you said every movie is political. I agree with that sentiment. Like I even think... Wh- okay, hold on. What's the politicism of the Mario movie?
1: <laughs> the politicism of the Mario <laughs> movie? Okay, I mean, th- that is a can of worms that I don't know that you actually want to open.
0: I really there's, don't.
1: There's, <laughs> but literally- I think it
0: would be interesting to discuss that. When Cody comes back from the dead. And I mean, podcast there, next week. it
1: depends because there's so many avenues that you could approach that with. Right. You can, you can, you know uh you can talk about the way that capitalism apes, wink, wink art, or <laughs> just, uh you know,
0: it's all existence is capitalism. And we know that.
1: Yeah, but absolutely. Getting
0: back to, to the point is that like, yes, I think that it is good that art in this case, how to blow up a pipeline is, advocating for like you know actually beneficial things for society i'm glad it's released by a even if it's a boutique studio in neon like i'm glad that it is able to reach a somewhat wide audience that it is getting promoted in a in a proactive way i don't know i i just think that sometimes we view the climate crisis as something that is far off and something that is not going to affect us, but maybe a future generation. And um, I, I think it's good that this kind of a movie exists.
1: That's also something that's explicitly stated in the movie. Is there's a conversation uh, between just the activists themselves, while as they're as they're getting ready to to actually um, enact their their plot, in which. Um, one of the characters brings up the, the collateral damage of what's going to happen after the pipeline is destroyed. Yep. And another character rebuts by saying, there are already so many people in so many other countries that are paying the price of this of this crisis that we just don't think about yeah. at all. You're, their day-to-day lives don't affect yours. You don't think about them. And so for you to say like, oh, what about these people who are going to be affected by this well, there's already millions of people who are, and this kind of activism, you know, this direct action is going to bring attention to that problem by making you equal with those people who are already playing p- paying the price. And I think that that, uh, yeah, that, that that's hard to argue with. Like that 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 is something that's absolutely true about just even, you know, even if you just are lucky enough to be born here, that already puts you in in you know the right. top half of the world. Etc. My number one thing about this movie, like I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I think it's really good. But and and it's not a knock against the film itself, but just literally any sort of um, art that, uh, like, pushes you know an activist perspective or is meant to inspire action. The the fact that it's being produced and shown in in theaters and like in a chain like Regal you know
0: Just one theater in our area but yes
1: i mean well i saw this in irvine Maybe you too. saw it in long beach yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, i'm sure it's at like la live or something you know but as these things as these things become more mainstream and popular then that also gives it this vulnerability to be folded into the mainstream in the sense that if you're a person that that has like left uh, you know, le- like left you know, political left leanings, watching a movie like this might feel like action in itself, might feel like we're on the we're on the side that's winning or like you know these these ideas are becoming more propagated and and it, this notion is growing. But it's not enough, right? It's not enough to just consume media. As art and and think sure. about these things and and even just we if you really you and actually, I yeah exactly and even and just you would do action <laughs>
0: <laughs> except
1: yeah, stop disparaging my boy <laughs> Sean but even just you and I having this conversation yeah. right now it feels good to talk about this stuff but this is not action this is nothing this is no. we're just you two know people our having a conversation
0: are gonna really be
1: passionate yeah. about this you know what yeah. Um, now,
0: no, so I have a few things to, to say about this as well. I, I think three, if I can remember them all. First is incredible that Cody's not here to talk about this. <laughs> like, his response to this would be just massive. Second thing is... He would, that- he would talk
1: about the structural engineering of the pipeline itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, you ahead, know ahead, how much concrete went in to
1: reinforce
0: that pipeline? The change is not real, and... No, dinosaurs still exist. Cody, totally. um, you know we can say that because he died in the, in the, the space <laughs> crash. <laughs> um. Anyway, the the other uh, point that I was gonna make, I think I had a third one, but I I'm I'm losing them as we go here. But this the second thing that I wanted to say is that, like you said, like it is incredible that this is getting put out there. But I think it's a reflection of the way that we view climate now and that we view fossil fuels and things like that like i do think that like this movie getting a release getting a you know a neon picking it up and advertising it the way that they have is a reflection of the fact that like society is shifting its views on things like this and i think that is really important and impressive um and again, like uh, this is a movie that I really appreciate in in that degree, like that it is trying to make a statement, and I don't know, like I, I just I I think it's great. It's really good.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm in the same camp in that like I would love more accessibility for any of this kind of, uh, you know, film or any any medium that that seeks to expand this conversation like absolutely i I would hope that if this film is near to you that you can go and watch it like please do it's really good just
0: it it is it just even just as a film
1: just as a film yeah like if you're a fan of of of, uh like the heist genre right or or like thriller like this movie like they manage the the tension yeah manages the tension really well and the political message is a bonus right like it's, it's important for our time now, and it, I think, is on the right side of things. Um. So, yeah, anyone that's, that this movie is accessible to, like, please support it Um. because we need more like this.
0: I agree. Well, with that, I think that's a good place to round it up. Um, What did you give this movie, Zach?
1: Uh, I have it at four and a half right now.
0: I, I had it at four, so we're, you know, in a similar ballpark for this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that's the this white male <laughs> perspective for SARS.
0: All right, Zach, let's close out this episode. And you know what? I have a confession to make. I have something I have to get off my chest at the beginning of this close. Cody did not die in this uh, Elon Musk uh, starship launch. That was an unmanned ship. Cody is still alive. He just chose not to be here with us today. Um, he hopefully will be back next week. But in the meantime, Zach, where can people find us?
1: At Regal Cinemas Worldwide. <laughs> um, as well as uh, spinningthereal.com. That's R-E-E-L, spin the Uh, And myself on Letterboxd at painted underscore dog. And you at... Yes.
0: I am also on Letterboxd at Evan D26. Uh you can find my writing at spinningthereel.com r e e l. Um don't have anything recent, but I did recently go to um I'm, I'm going to be honest with you Zach. I went recently to the premiere of Are You There God It's Me Margaret.
1: And I, I watched about... every single second of that premiere footage and I didn't see you anywhere.
0: Okay, they didn't let me on the the Sand carpet, whatever that was. Um, I honestly wasn't sure they were gonna let me in because I was wearing a hoodie and sandals, but they did, and they sat me get this a row in front of the entire supporting cast. Every child that was in that movie was sitting behind me in this movie theater, uh, screaming their lungs off every time Judy Bloom made
1: a surprise appearance. You heard it here Evan is better than children.
0: Yeah, that's true. They they sat me one
1: row ahead of the
0: children. <laughs> that I mean that's undeniable. Okay, that's where was insane. Rachel
1: McAdams?
0: Okay, so Rachel McAdams and the director, um, who was also the director of Edge of Seventeen, the main girl that was in the movie, they were all off like to the right side of the this was the same theater we went to see um uh Licorice Pizza Inn, in. This is uh, the Beverly? Westwood. Uh the the re, uh the regent in Oh, there you go, Westwood? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so someone right next to us, and, and this is good context for the listeners, someone, the woman right next to us, as Rachel McAdams walked up the aisle, screamed at her and said, said, Rachel, you're beautiful. And we were like, that's a weird thing to do. To that's a totally, do.
1: that's a totally normal reaction.
0: I, I mean, sure, sure enough. But it's a what? weird thing to do to a person in your space
1: okay i mean that's the time traveler's wife so
0: (laughs) yes that's true that is fair um also in about time isn't she so yes regardless what i'm saying not
1: in paris another time travel movie
0: what i'm saying is dr strange
1: one and two lord
0: so many time (laughs) travel movies that rachel mcadams is involved in um and mean girls Okay, that's a a totally separate thing. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to get across is that I thought about writing a review of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And after seeing that movie, I realized that that is not my place to write a review of that specific movie.
1: And yet you still wrote one for Turning Red. I,
0: I think this movie is even more... About the same subject as turning <laughs> but regardless, uh, might write a review of Bo's Afraid at some point. Who knows? Um, gonna write something at some point, but if you want to read that, spinningthereel.com. Yeah, uh,
1: stay tuned for Kai guy Richie's The Covenant. Good lord, maybe some Renfield action.
0: We've both seen Renfield, so yeah, could be possible. Who knows? All right, well with that do you have any final words like cody might
1: i don't i know
0: neither of us do
1: <laughs> uh blow up your local pipeline today